Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Shireen. Shireen Rivera is an accomplished ghostwriter, best-selling author, and professional speaker. She has dedicated her life to turning her pain into a purpose by empowering other women to believe in themselves enough to take the steps towards bettering their future. She believes that sharing is an integral part of healing. A wound cannot heal without air, and that the world can be healed by each of us collectively taking action to heal ourselves. So, uh, Shireen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Well, um, I'd love to have you tell us, you talked about healing and um, you've done that through storytelling, but you didn't get there. There's something you had to heal. So can you share us a little bit about that? Of course. So growing up, um, I had a lot of childhood trauma. Both of my parents are mentally ill. They've been diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic meth addicts, alcoholics, and they are now homeless. So, you know, just going through that alone is a lot. And I think a lot of people that go through childhood trauma, you think as an adult, okay, I've gotten over it, you know, it's behind me, but really all of that sticks with you until you deal with it. And Mm -hmm. so because of the trauma, I married into a 10 year abusive marriage and I stayed there, you know, a decade of my life and I didn't wake up really until I had my daughter, my second child. And I just had an aha moment after being abused in front of my, both of my children. And I I had a mind shift, an epiphany. And I realized that this cycle of mediocrity, abuse, alcoholism, all of it just needs to stop with me. And so that's when I started taking the necessary steps to working on myself and shedding the layers and healing, starting the process of healing. And I truly believe that healing is just a lifelong journey of shedding the layers of yourself. And each time you shed a layer, you see another layer that needs your attention. And that's the process of evolving. I liking it to an onion. (laughs) You you peel back a layer and then there's another layer underneath and you're like, when did these layers stop? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a process of being awakened and evolving to the best possible version of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear how you managed to heal your trauma from your childhood. Like that's some pretty serious. And, and we talked a lot about mental illness on the podcast and it's really about people taking care of themselves when they have a mental illness. I'm bipolar type two, um, but I take medication and I um, seek out therapy for that. But apparently neither one of your parents did. And instead they relied on addiction, um, Mm -hmm. to help try to cope with that. But we all know that that drugs and alcohol do not help you, um, if you have a mental illness, so they just make it worse. Um, so I'd love to hear. The problem is, is that there's not a lot of awareness to mental illness. And a lot of people that have mental illness don't know what signs to look for. And so they cope with drinking and then drinking leads into alcohol. 
you know, so a lot of people just are unaware and not educated as to what's going on inside of them. And there's been many studies done that have shown direct correlation between childhood trauma and mental illness. So that was a huge step for me learning that because I've been through severe childhood trauma and I have not completely healed myself. I, like I said, healing is a lifelong journey. It's just about being aware of your triggers and having the choice to choose how to react. So now that I'm aware of what triggers me, because I have, you know, of course, severe abandonment issues. And now I'm aware of what triggers me, I have a choice of how I'm going to react to that trigger. And writing has been an extreme part in my healing process. I journal every single day, and I get everything out of me instead of keeping it inside and letting time dilute events and feelings. I get it out so that it doesn't manifest in my body to other things. I meditate daily, and I have learned to become to come into tune with who I am, who is the thinker behind my thoughts. Yeah. And I'm glad you pointed that out. It's, it's, it's very true that there's not enough information and enough awareness around mental illness for people to go and seek out the help that they need. Um, and there's a lot of shame and a lot of stigma that's attached to that. And um, I, like you, have been through some childhood trauma as well and may or may not be what triggered bipolar I mean, it's a genetic component, but it it could have stayed dormant inside of me. But, you know, it takes a lot of work to continuously work on yourself. I mean, I've been in therapy for, oh my gosh, uh, almost seven years. You have to force yourself to think new thoughts. That's what I've learned. There's a book um, written by Dr. Deepak Chopra. It's called Super Brain. And this book literally just changed my life because he talks about the genetic aspect to schizophrenia and that it's not the nucleus that determines the passing of it. It's the environment that the genes are in. Mm -hmm. So if you can change the environment, right, the environment that has been passed down to you through generational, generational cycles, you can literally change your mind, change your mindset, change your life. So that's when I decided to start feeding my brain different information so that I could start having different thoughts. And, you know, in my new book, To Love Again, Lessons to Learn to Heal from Childhood Trauma and Heartbreak, I talk about the specific things that I've implemented into my daily routine to start rewiring my brain at the subconscious level. Ooh, what are some of those things that you, were those the things you mentioned earlier or are there other things that Uh, you There's a list of things that I do really that I, and I'm, I'm committed to because I really dedicate my transformation in life and my healing to these rituals that I've learned to implement. And I've learned that what distinguishes, you know, successful people from mediocrity is their habits and rituals. So your habits and rituals is what really defines your life, right? So I've learned that the first 20 minutes that you get up, it's called, it's considered the gateway to your subconscious mind. Whatever you feed your brain within that 20 minutes, you could start literally rewiring your brain at the subconscious level. Mm -hmm. So every single day for the past four years, maybe I've skipped a few days. I'm I'm not going to lie. You can't be perfect. Yeah. (laughs) But almost every single day I go on my manifestation walks and I listen to YouTube videos of speakers that speak about topics that 
maybe I'm feeling that I'm a little feeling, you know, not motivated, I'll listen to a motivated mm-hmm. talk. If I'm feeling depressed, I'll listen to something uplifting and inspirational. And I read every morning and I write in my journal every single night. I take these vitamins, they're for their vitamins, it's all natural, you get it over the counter, they're for stress and anxiety. Um, they really help me. I make sure to drink a lot of water every single day and flush toxins out of my body. I take care of my health. I work out six days a week. I mean, these are, I do vision boards every three months. I have my three month goals, personal, professional goals hung up. And I really focus. I write down all my goals and I hang them up all around me because I know that what you focus on grows. And if I can distract myself when I'm feeling depressed or sad with things that I know are important to me and I could focus on that, that distracts me away from whatever negative thought is in my mind, whatever fear that if I pay attention to that fear, it's going to grow, right? So I'm, I pay attention to my goals instead. I really feel that finding your purpose in life can literally save your life. Yeah. I like how you pointed out what's important is that how you start off your day. I think so many people grab through for their phones first thing, you know, and start checking social media. And I found that social media is such a downer to me. <laughs> like I've taken the Facebook app off my phone. What? Depends who you follow. I've, I've been very purposeful in who I follow. So my, my newsfeed's, pretty inspirational, but you're right. Like grabbing your phone first thing in the morning wires you to be in a reactive state. Yeah. So I personally, um, just to show some, you know, how things can be a little different for everybody. I personally meditate and do yoga first thing in the morning because that helps ease my anxiety. If I have any going on, it also helps get me in the right mind space so that I can take on my day. And I've, I've always said to people that 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 first half an hour or so in your morning, what you do is super important. So I'm glad you pointed that out because then I feel like I'm not the only one like that's <laughs> saying these things. No, you know, like Tony Robbins and many other successful people, they study, you know, the morning rituals of millionaires because it, it really is what distinguishes people and their success rate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what made you decide to, to write your book or how many books do you have? I have several books actually. Like I, I have two published books of my own. I, my first book that I published telling my story of my abusive marriage and how I left, it's called raw confessions of heartache to healing my journey to empowerment. And that book is a compilation of my poetry that I wrote that, the 10 years that I was married and afterwards telling my story and my second book to love again lessons to learn to heal from childhood trauma and heartbreak um, that book took two years to write and it I rewrote it after I published it even um, because I just continued to learn so much more and so that book I wrote to help women and men but you know, women are my targeted audience, really, to help them heal from trauma and realize that, you know, if you are coming from a toxic relationship, and you've had these recycled events in your life, it's most likely stemming from something in your childhood that you haven't, you haven't 
paid attention to to heal and recognize so that you have the ability to choose. And then the third book that's coming out, it's a, I have a chapter and a best-selling book, Viva, and that's a nonprofit organization. And I'm just telling my story of how I came into this leadership role and overcame many obstacles in my life. And then I'm also co-authoring a book with a San Jose State professor, and that book is going to be called My House to Paint, and it's about life lessons to succeed. Wow. So what what inspired you to write? Is it the women that you were writing for, or you talked about it being a healing thing for you? What was the first thing that made you think, I should write a book? It was to heal. And I, and I thought to myself when I published my poetry in my first book that I, my poems have a story that I know somebody out there can relate to. And if I can turn this pain that I've experienced and make it useful to somebody, then I've turned my pain into a purpose. And I really had no intent of doing anything else but putting that book out there and that's it. And then after I did that, it just kind of, you know, it was a snowball effect. It got bigger and bigger. And so many people were contacting me and I had speaking opportunities. And then I entered the ghostwriting arena. Never in a million years would I think that I would be capable to write someone else's autobiography. Um, But I can, and I'm actually found that I'm really good at it. I found that, you know, my gift of empathy, being able to empathize with somebody translates into a really good ghostwriter. Yeah, no, you'd have to have some empathy to be a really yeah. good ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I just, I really believe that when you live aligned and true to yourself, that the universe just lines everything up for you the way that it should. So how did you discover that this was the thing that you needed to do? A lot of people listening are thinking like, I do all sorts of kind of things, but I have no idea what my thing, my thing is. Like, what was that, that moment, that light bulb moment where it was like, oh yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I think it's just about following your curiosity. I think a lot of people, and Brene Brown speaks about this too. A lot of people don't know what their passion is. And I've lost my passion for so many years because of my marriage and just being so depressed and sad and lost. I lost that passion. But, you know, when I saw going through my boxes, and I saw my journals, and I read my poems, I didn't think to myself, Oh, I'm going to publish this book, and I'm going to be able to build a writing service business. Like I had no intention of doing that. I just was following my curiosity of who I could help. How can I help? How can I help other women? And I always I think that being of service is the highest form of energy that you can put out into the world, right? When you're doing something to help somebody else, it's the highest form of energy and the universe will yield to you and start helping you. Yeah. I I had a coach one time that I worked with who called it or following the breadcrumbs. (laughs) She said, kind of like Hansel and Gretel (laughs) left the breadcrumbs to follow. You need to follow your own breadcrumbs because that, that first thing you do might lead you to the next thing you do might lead you to the next thing you do. And so it's just another way of people seeing what you said about following your passion is like, 
but you have to get started. You can, if you just stay where you're at because you're like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. You won't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what are some of your favorite people? You said you fill your newsfeed up with amazing people to follow. I obviously do not have the same. That's why I stay off Facebook for the most part. Go on my Facebook page, see my friends and start adding them. I follow all successful, inspirational women that are on the same frequency as me. And I joined a lot of women's groups on Facebook, um, women entrepreneurs, women supporting women women rising above just like all these inspirational groups my my feed is literally anytime i'm feeling down i just turn that on and i see all these women and their quotes and i'm immediately uplifted you know i try to make my social media very purposeful it's not something just to like scroll my thumb through and um you know for entertainment that's just a time filler you know if Mm -hmm. you could stay focused on what your goals are and what you need to do and not just squander your time away, you'll just get so much more out of life because time is life. Yeah. I'd say that's the reason that I still have Instagram on my phone is because my Instagram has quite inspirational people that I follow because I'll unfollow people when I see them posting something really rotten. Unfortunately with Facebook, it's family members that always bring me down. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it is sometimes. I don't follow most of those family members on Instagram. So my Instagram feed is beautiful. It's all these inspirational quotes and all these wonderful stories and all these empowering and inspirational things that I just, I don't mind being on Instagram and I don't go on for very long. I will go on a couple times a day and look at a few things and be like, oh, that's really nice. Um, but Facebook, I had to remove that from my phone because yeah, family, that's basically where that goes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, sh- I should hide some of them. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm glad that you shared some of the groups that you're in that were, and people should join the inspired women community. Um, cause that can be a really inspirational one sometimes too. Um, but I'd love, what are your favorite top let's say top five favorite people to follow. Oh so God. Get some like make me choose right now. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm saying five. That's more than the top one. Cause then that's really hard to choose, yeah. but just say like five of the people that you love to follow because maybe people are thinking, okay, I want to get started right now and following some inspirational people so I can have that in my newsfeed too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my top favorite group would be women helping women entrepreneurs. I get a lot of use out of that group. If I have a question about my business or any kind of, you know, error that I've made and I want to know how other women have handled it or if I need help finding something, I just post and women are just so anxious to help and be of service. So that's my top group. Um, Some of my top people would be definitely be my coaches. So shout out to my coach, Chandra Brooks. You should follow her. She's amazing. And um, she, all of her posts always inspire me. And then the next one would be, I have a dream coach and her name is Jennifer Alvarez. Yeah. What she does is amazing. You guys will be hearing about her soon because it's about to explode. 
but she teaches lucid dreaming, but it's different. It's different. She teaches an ancient um, native form of lucid dreaming called dream planting. And it's about rewiring your mind through your dreams so that you can manifest your dream, manifest the things that you want through your dreams. And so it's super powerful. I started doing that in January and literally by May, I was able to quit my job. What? No joke. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. No, I know you don't believe a lot of people. Uh, don't. Believe no, I mean, I believe so it. Yeah. I've seen crazy things happen. So. <laughs> yeah. It's all about habits and rituals. Mm-hmm. So something you do before you go to bed, she has an academy on it. It's just amazing. I, I mean, it literally just changed my life. And what's her name again? Jennifer Alvarez. Okay. And so, then the next two, I'm trying to think who, there's so many people. Um, I honestly, I, I, I can't think of names right now. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you're fine. So well, you, you did mention Brene Brown and Tony Robbins, which Brene yeah. Brown is one of my favorites. I've read all of her books and I recommend all of her books to everybody. Yeah. Uh, most recently, if you're in a leadership position or looking to be in a leadership position, her most recent one um, about, uh, I think it's Brave Leadership or something along that lines. It, it is phenomenal. My husband even has read it because he recently came into a leadership position in the Navy. So he read it as well and has been sharing it out with people. So I'm like, yay, Brene. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was I was really proud of him and and I was like it just speaks volumes about her work that you know it can uh cross all lines. It's not just for yeah. females. Um it can be for males and it's not just for entrepreneurs, but it can also be for people in the military. She actually does trainings for people in the military. That's amazing. I love her. She's she's my spirit animal. I love her too. Yeah. <laughs> She makes me so happy. So what are some goals that you're working towards right now? Oh my gosh, so many. (laughs) So I have a upcoming TV show that's going to be featured on Comcast and eight states, Roku and Fire Stick. Yeah, so I'm working on that right now. We're going to be filming in Silicon Valley where I live in December. So I'm it's going to be called Rising Above with Shereen Rivera, and it's centralized on transformation of the mind, body, soul, family unit, and finances. And I'm going to be bringing on experts that can give people everyday tools that they can implement in their life to change those aspects. So I'm seeking experts right now for that. And if anybody listening feels like they would be a good candidate and is interested on, on being on my TV show, visit my website. I have an application on there um, for people to apply. It's shereenrivera.com. And so that's something that I'm working on right now. And I'm also working on putting together a book of 10 women that have amazing inspirational stories of rising above certain circumstances. And each woman's going to have a chapter in it. The book was going to be called Rising Above. And I'm working on another book that I'm writing for myself, tons of ghostwriting projects. I had my six-year-old son write a book two months ago. That's so cute. Yeah, it's it's called I Am Not Scared. And it's about a boy because he struggles with, you know, being scared at night. So he wrote a story about it. 
And so I'm working on that and just growing my speaking business. Well, people might be hearing all that and thinking, WTF, how, how, is that, how is that even possible that you're doing all of these things all at once? Because you were talking about you set these goals, what, in three-month in increments? Yeah. Yeah. How is that even possible? It is possible. You just for the for the women time. out there listening, <laughs> like thinking. So, number one, I know. Like if I know, hearing it sounds like a lot, right? Right. Like, look, I'm a single mom. I'm a caregiver. I take care of my grandma, and I'm doing all of this. But one thing I can tell you is that I literally do not squander my time doing anything. I have. Or, you know, I don't go out. I don't have a social life right now because right now I feel like I've wasted so much time in my life giving to other people and relationships. Like it's time to focus on me and my business and breaking generational cycles and creating abundance and wealth. So that is my focus, right? So if I just stay focused on that, I have no time to squander. I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. Like I said, I don't go out I, and I, every single free second that I get, I am literally working on myself, my business, myself, my business. I'm up at 5 a.m. every morning. I go to bed. Yeah. Like I, I am just focused right now. And that I, to me, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a training. You have to train your brain to think that way. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's just doing I start literally four years ago, I started off just telling myself, I'm going to do one thing a day to work on my first book, to publish it, just one thing a day. And I literally, sometimes it was just one thing a day. If it was just like writing a poem or helping, you know, design my cover or just something simple. I just did one thing a day for eight months. And that one thing a day just created an unstoppable momentum inside of me. And if you could just tell yourself, I'm going to do one thing a day to make my life easier or to chase my goal, I, I promise you that's going to create a momentum that's just going to continue to build and build and build. And you're going to get addicted to self-development. You're going to get addicted to bettering yourself. Yeah. I like you said that. I like that you said one thing a day because people listening might think, be thinking that's a large leap to go from not doing anything to where you are today. Yeah. So I, I don't want them to lose the fact that you started somewhere. You started with that one thing a day. You yeah. were not getting up at 5 a.m. and nope. using every second of the day back then. Nope. You were doing just one thing. Not, I was doing one thing a day. I was working, you know, my nine to five. I had a, I had a three hour commute every day. Oof. Yeah. So I was just, you know, and in my commute, I started saying, okay, well, instead of listening to music and taking on all that energy, I'm going to start being purposeful in this commute and start listening to motivational talks on YouTube or podcasts. And so I started doing that. And that really helped me start training my mind, right? Training my mind to think differently. And, you know, you'd be amazed at how much time we waste listening to music and just taking on all this negative energy on when you could be feeding your brain different information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a two hour commute to and from school 
every day that I have class and I use it to listen to podcasts. I people wonder how I fit in like listening to all these podcasts. And I'm like, and once I get up in the morning, when I'm like making my breakfast, I'm listening to podcasts. When I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts. My kids are so sick of listening to podcasts, <laughs> but that's what we do. I listen to podcasts in the car with them. I listen to the, you know, podcasts every second I get. If I'm in the shower, guess what? I'm listening to podcasts. Like I listen to podcasts so much. I follow so many of them. It's kind of ridiculous. No, it's a good thing. Information is the most valuable asset on earth. Yeah, no, definitely. But I mean, those are little time spaces in time that people don't think about that you could easily fit in some personal development. You know, you're brushing your teeth, you could listen to podcasts or listen to a YouTube video or I mean, because you don't have to watch them. Generally, mm -hmm. it's, you don't I mean, like a TED talk, you don't have to watch a TED talk, you can just listen to it. Mm -hmm. So there's like those little spaces, like I mentioned, where people wonder, like, how do you listen to so many podcasts, Megan? Well, those are that that's exactly what I mean. And, and the same goes for you. You know, there are have to be times in your day where you're doing something mundane because you're a mom, you're a single mom, you, you have things that you have to do. We as parents have things we have to do. But when you fill in those mundane times with listening to YouTube videos or podcasts or whatever, you're getting in that personal development, even if you didn't think you had time to do it. Yep, that's right. So that I, right. I bet you that make time for what matters. Oh, absolutely. I bet that three hour commute is exactly <laughs> where you oh, got in your I personal development. That commute at all. My God, I used to have to pump myself up every morning to get in that car. To I bet. Like, okay, we're going to do this, Shereen. We're going to learn something in this commute. We're going to listen to an audio book. You're going to have your book down for the week. <laughs> yeah, that commute was torture. <laughs> yeah. My husband listens to audiobooks to and from work, which is another thing people don't realize. Like, because I have people all the time that are like, I hate to read. See, I love to read. I'm a reader. I want a physical book. Me I want to touch it. I love it. to turn the pages. Yes. I, I love, love the it. smell of a new book. There's oh, yeah. There's nothing that beats that. Yeah. Or even a really old one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he listens to <laughs> audiobooks, and that's something people could be like, I hate reading. Well, you can listen to an audiobook. Like, that's a good way to get in that information yep. without actually having to read a book. Okay. So I'm glad that you said something about audiobooks, because yeah. I think that's something people overlook a lot. The one thing that turns me off, though, about audiobooks is if there's a person with a bad voice yes oh my god that just kills it for me and I've heard like maybe I've heard like really good reviews on it but their voice is just horrible I'm like uh I'll just get the paper book <laughs> yes no my husband's the same way he's like if they have a really boring vo voice or it's just it's just a bad it doesn't make any sense he's like I have mm -hmm. to shut it off mm-hmm so I think so many books have been ruined for him. There's a book called, um, it's a, actually a really famous book. I think it's called The Habits of a Millionaire. Yeah. And it talks about, you know, your attitude and friendships with people and connections. But the guy who, he, he's the author and he's reading it, but his voice is just not good for audio. I cannot stand that audio. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up the podcast, because I know you have to get going, people listening might be like, what, already? Uh, but I know you have to get going. 
what is something or a collection of things that you would like to leave the inspired women audience with? Okay. That's a, that's a good way to end it. I like that. Um, I really would like if they walk away with just one thing from this interview, it would be to share. Sharing is, you know, this motto for my writing business is that sharing is an integral part of healing because I truly believe that it is. And if it's not sharing it with the world, just share it in a journal to yourself and own your past, own the things that you've been through. Don't dilute anything, own your truth and don't worry about what other people are going to think or say about you because who's meant to be in your life will stay and who's not will leave anyways. Because once you own your truth, you can really own your identity. And once you can do that, you're unstoppable. But first you have to know who you are. Yes. Yes. Sharing is so important and knowing who you are is so important. I think a lot of times people lose that along the way. Like, who am I? What am I doing? You know, as a parent, a lot of times you can lose yourself in taking care of your kids. You're like, I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. And you have no idea who you are. Yep. But I would love to share um, a poem with you. If absolutely. We have time. Yo, you have a, you have a little bit. I wanted to end it a little early for you, so okay. You definitely yeah, have time. I would, love to, I would love to share this poem for my book. It's called Sand Castles. Um, I love poetry, anyways. So I wrote this book. I mean, this poem. This is in my first book, Rock Confessions of Heartache to Healing, and I wrote this poem when I. <laughs> started realizing that I'm more than just a wife and a mom because it was really hard coming home to an empty an apart an empty apartment when he had the kids because I was so used to 10 years of my life coming home my stepsons needed dinner cooked help with homework I needed to bathe the kids do laundry you know help my husband there was always people that needed me so I was always the stepmom the mom you know um I, I and it wasn't until I divorced and I got my own place and then he had the kids and I would come home to an empty apartment and it's like, okay, what do I do with myself? Right. Who, who is this woman that I'm alone with? You know, I, I'm not much of a TV person and I literally just did not know what to do with myself. I was so lost. And so that's when I started, you know, just reading my journals and remembering who this woman was 10 years ago when I got married. I was this passionate woman and I used to carry paper and pen with me everywhere I went and I would write and I would create stories and poetry. And I used to even write poems and give them to people like that I thought could benefit from it. If I saw like a homeless person, and I had an inspirational poem written on a paper, I'd give it to them. And that's just who I was. And I, I lost touch of that woman. So this poem is about that. This is Sandcastles. I am a woman, a strong, wise woman. I build sandcastles, beautiful, intricate sandcastles that I live in and decorate as I please. At first, I was so adamant that this castle was my property, mine to keep. And everything I thought of myself was what was in this castle that I worked making like a busy bee. Then the tide came in and washed it away. And I learned that what I build will never stay. Everything will always change. As I sat far above watching the tide take my castle away with sorrow filling my heart 
And to my dismay, I didn't know where to start. I didn't think I could possibly build another castle so beautiful. Then I realized that I am a builder. I can build where I stand, sunshine or rain, it doesn't matter, because my identity is no longer my sandcastle. My identity is now me. I am home. I am a woman, a strong, wise woman. I can make life. I am the rock of my family. What I water not only grows, but thrives. I am the guiding force of the people that love me, but no longer do I make my sandcastles my sole identity. I will build them because I am a builder. People will, will live in them and they will marvel with splendor because each one will be more beautiful than the last. And they will stand by and anxiously wait what next I will create. But after the tide comes and it will come and take it away. But that's okay because I am a builder and I will continue to build my sandcastles until one day I find that place to keep my castle safe from the perpetual presence of the tide that comes in at night. Woo! I love it. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. That was the perfect way to, to wrap all this up. Well, thank you so much, Shireen, for coming on and for sharing your poetry with us. Hopefully somebody, if they really like that, will go and pick up your books, which I'll link up in the show notes so awesome. everybody can grab them. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.